0: Welcome to For the Love of Dharma. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Heather Love, and I'm one of the first certified Dharma coaches in the world. This podcast will help you be more joyful, remember your purpose, and live life on your terms. Get ready to get inspired. Here we go. Hey, friends, it is officially fall where I live, and I couldn't be happier. It is, without a doubt, my most favorite time of year. I love the cool, crisp air in the mornings. We haven't had any frost here yet, but I think it'll happen soon. I'm so giddy to be able to pull out my hoodies and all my jackets. And just like I can eat ice cream any time of year, I can also eat soup year round, but it just tastes even more yummy in the fall. I'm already planning to make homemade chicken noodle soup and stuffed green pepper soup, and I can't wait. So snuggle up and let's get to today's episode where we talk about human design and self-care. Christy H. Sullivan is a human design and self-care expert, author and speaker on a mission to help busy women stop overworking and start overflowing. She hosts a virtual community for female personal development junkies like herself to create better wellness, improve relationships, shift mindsets, and manifest more success, wealth, and freedom to live their best life by design. Christy is lead author of a best-selling Amazon book called Stop Overworking and Start Overflowing. 25 Ways to Transform Your Life Using Human Design. She is also co-author of three collaborative books that were produced during the 2020 pandemic. Christy has been featured on dozens of podcasts, workshops, and conferences. She has also been a certified yoga instructor for nearly two decades and became a full-time solopreneur in 2020. Now, I've already done an episode on human design basics with Pam December, so if you're new to human design, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode eight, because today we pretty much jump right into self-care using human design, and it's helpful if you already have an understanding of what human design is. Christy even gives me a mini reading in today's episode, which I think will help everyone to see the types of information your chart will give you insight to. Without further ado, let's welcome Christy to the show. Hi, Christy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me, Heather. I'm so excited that you are here. We have had some conversations previously in my podcast about human design, and I think it's such a broad subject that you could really go so many different directions and never run out of things to talk about.
1: For sure. Yes. I'm happy to talk about human design, all uh, good things, and to go down the rabbit hole today with you.
0: Fantastic. So the way I like to start my guest episodes is by having you select either blue or red. And I have a blue book and a red book, and I will pick a random question from whichever book you choose.
1: I'm going to pick blue.
0: What is most challenging about planning your future?
1: Oh the unknown. <laughs> yeah, I think we all want certainty and I know for me it's like oh if I had that predictive sort of crystal ball um but it's learning to trust uh and to go with the flow and to realize all will be well.
0: Yeah, I was just having this conversation with somebody else the other day about trying to get in the flow and surrendering to that unknown. And it's so hard because you just want to know what is going to happen. So I would love to know what was Christy like as a child? Hmm.
1: I was curious, probably asked a lot of questions, open-minded, like new, like learning has always been sort of something that I like doing Um, being a student And now even teaching comes natural. So I probably shared a lot as well. I really wanted joy, even as a child, like to do things that were fun. Um, I remember taking my first trip to Disney World and being like just in awe of everything. So I, I really enjoyed that adventure at a young age and joy and having fun.
0: Yeah. I love places like that. We have a Renaissance fair nearby where I live and I've been to Disney world a few times and you do, you just walk into this sense of magic and it's like a whole different universe. And it's so amazing. What did you want to be when you grew up?
1: First, I always remember wanting to be a dancer. And I think part of that joy and that fun was just moving my body and um, taking dance classes. So I thought in some way I want to be a dancer.
0: My oldest daughter is a dancer. She's been dancing for 13 years and she's only 15, but she just loves it and it's amazing. So I'm, yeah, I, and I'm all for a good dance party once in a while
1: <laughs> for sure.
0: So we will dive into what human design is a little bit and some of the broader aspects of it. But before we do, I would love to know how did you get into human design?
1: So about five or six years ago now, I, heard about it when I was taking a coaching program and we learned about it as part of that program. It wasn't fully just a human design class, but it helped us kind of set the foundation to help us understand more of who we were and who we were not. And that's how I like to describe human design. Um, if any of your listeners don't know what it is, it's technically your energy blueprint based on your birth date. And I was always very interested in things like personality assessments and communication tests. And human design was just a much different way um, and system, a great tool that actually complements those other assessments. But it helped me to see many different things about my energy and who I was And sort of how I operate behind the scenes, like my natural encoding, I call it, because it's based on your birth date. So it doesn't change, whereas a personality assessment might based on how you answer questions. So when I discovered it, I was excited. I started to like tell my friends and family about it and run charts for fun. And then about two years ago, I had the opportunity to step away from a marketing career and to step into owning my own business and running, running my day the way that I wanted it. And also um, I loved wellness and personal development. So I moved into teaching human design and speaking about it. It sort of, it sort of happened um, by me just following my own design. And so that's how I'm doing it now today.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean about all the personality tests. I think I've I've done almost all of them. I'm maybe not all of them, but I've done a lot of them and I do I find them fascinating, but it's such a good point that they can shift over time depending on what you have going on in your life, you know, different transitions that you're going through. And so I think that's a great point because I have taken some of those they are different depending on where I'm at in my life. So, I love that human design kind of stays the same. I have been playing around with it for, I don't know, a couple of years. Like I'm very familiar with very basic stuff, but I never get tired of learning and I haven't dug into it nearly as much as I could. I'm not very familiar with gates and channels and all of those things, but I have like the very basic stuff. Where can my listeners go if they're interested in getting their own chart?
1: So I typically send people to a website that, and there's there's various websites you can go to for free to download a chart. The one I send people is mybodygraph.com. That's not my website, but um, I just like that one for some reason. And you can find a lot of information online for free, but it can certainly be overwhelming and very complicated. There's a lot of things in the chart and Shapes and numbers and lines, as you said, gates and channels, we call them. So, having a reading is always a, a nice way to help you or help um, somebody who's interested to kind of un- understand some of the basic elements, like you said, some of the foundation to help you kind of first understand that, you know, these parts of, of the design and what they mean. I think starting simple is really important. Mm-hmm. So, going to that website can be a good starting point.
0: I know one of your books is called Stop Overworking and Start Overflowing. So I'm curious, is there somewhere in your human design chart that shows that you're more likely to overwork than other places? Or how does that all tie together?
1: That's a really good question. And I'd say based on the experience I've had giving readings and such, we're kind of all in a society of overworking. There are are certain types. So when you do look into your human design, the first place usually you start is called your type. It's not meant to be a category or a label, but like the starting point to help you understand your design. Everyone is uniquely built. There's over 3 billion combinations, but there are five types or categories. Two of those categories are called the generator types. And they're really here to sort of do work and be busy and productive The other three types are not as built to do that. They have less energy to sustain throughout the day, like working a lot. But that being said, so we've got, um, I would say 30% of the population that are really meant to take a lot of downtime throughout the day to recharge, kind of like plugging in their battery throughout the day. The other 70% are here to be like the energizer bunny and we've got a battery so so to speak to to do that but i think in this day and age we really are often all feeling burned out because we're overworking we're probably doing things in a way that's like burning out that battery sometimes it's because we're not doing what we love and we're feeling stuck sometimes it's because we're not making the right decisions we're saying yes to too many things or to things that aren't really in alignment with our design or again we're not giving ourselves really the rest and restoring the way that we need to so that every day we kind of wake up with a fresh battery. So I think there's a couple of reasons why all of us could be overworking and it's not just based on type. Got it. And that makes
0: so much sense to me too. So I learned when I learned I'm a manifester and we can briefly talk about the five different types for my listeners who maybe haven't been familiar with human design. But when I learned that I was a manifester and that I am one of those types that I need some rest. I need the downtime. It made so much sense to me because here I was living in a world of 70% people who are the Energizer Bunny telling me you need to do, do, do and keep going. And it was exhausting. And so when I learned that about myself, it just gave me the permission I think I was looking for to just be like, oh, I could take a breath. Okay. (laughs) And And it didn't mean anything about me because... You know, I had been told by people, you're lazy. Why do you always need to take a nap? You know what? Let's go. And, you know, it always made me feel bad until I learned about the human design. And it just was so much validation for me.
1: Yeah. And I and I love that you introduced your type, the manifester. Um, I just want to say a few things about that. First, it's only 9% of the population are this type. And manifestors, uh, like the name sort of implies, they're here to actually initiate and create and sort of launch things, lead things naturally. We're all, I think, in this society taught to be like that manifestor energy. And yet at the same time, like you said, you're surrounded by people who are like more like the worker bees and getting things done. So when, first of all, we're those of us who are not manifestors are trying to initiate. It can again, uh, burn, burn our batteries out. The manifestor initiation is not meant to be like work hard. It comes in spurts. It's like a download of creativity. And so you do need rest and time to give yourself some space to just be creative and to allow some of that flow. So I love that, you know, you're talking about manifesting because, we can all manifest in our own design in our own way but it's a different flavor of energy and then when you recognize again the energy you're uniquely built with it gives you permission it gives you uh, the ability to stop apologizing for things that might that you might need and that you might already be doing like you said you needed rest you know you could feel like i just need some downtime and to allow yourself to do more of that. And that's what I love about human design. It gives you more permission to be who you are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we go through life trying to be who we're told to be, not understanding that we all come from a different place. Yeah, we're all individuals, but how we are actually designed to operate in this world is different. And so we learn from the adults in our life and not realizing they may be a complete different design, which makes them operate differently.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I' fascinating to see like parents who learn about this; they want to find out about their children's design and change their parenting style because uh, it aligns more when you know they're they're honoring their not only their children's design but their own style and design because if we just try to change people to be more like ourselves, right. Or to do what we naturally is, is what we want to do. I don't think that that's honoring, you know, each of our uniquenesses and and helping people to thrive as they, they can.
0: I love that you brought that up because I I did, of course, when I started learning about human design, I looked up my two daughters and my youngest is a projector. My oldest is a manifesting generator. And for me, what was so telling about my older daughter is that she stopped taking naps when she was two years old. And I had all these friends and their kids would nap till they're five and six. And I'm like, she she will not take a nap. And as she got older, it was bedtime became an issue because she'd be like, I'm not tired. I don't want to go to bed. You know, and of course she's young. So we were wanting, you know, to have a certain bedtime for her. And she would just lay there awake. She would read, she would do whatever once I learned that she was a manifesting generator, I was like, oh, you need to like get it all out of your head so that you can rest. That makes so much sense to me. And so once I learned that it completely shifted everything for me in the way that I like talk to her about
1: sleep. Yeah. And especially the generator types, it's like, we need to get movement and use up that energy before the end of the day. And that That hopefully means you could rest better and and get good sleep.
0: Yeah. So let's just talk real briefly about the five types. I know we've kind of mentioned a few of them here, but just kind of in a couple sentences, what each of them are.
1: Okay, great. So again, 70% of the population are either a generator or a subgroup I call manifesting, we call manifesting generator. And both of those types, again, have technically the sacral center defined, and this just means in the chart that you have consistent access to workforce and life force. And again, like you've got a large battery inside that's kind of charging you up all day. What's important about these types too is that we're here to do the right kind of work that we love and to respond, respond to opportunities respond to things that come to us, kind of like, you know, law of attraction, we're like magnetically attracting things, and um, discerning what what's what's right for us, what lights us up is really important for our energy. And manifesting generators, by the way, are a little bit different where they move quickly, they've got the creativity of sort of a manifester, but they um, still need to respond and to do the right kind of work. Then the other three types are non sacral. So they don't have that sacral energy. They don't have it sustained, and which is why they need more downtime. And you mentioned you're a manifester, which is 9% of the population. And again, the manifestors, sort of the initiators, the innovators, get creative downloads and they need downtime to, to do that. The other two types, um, you mentioned also your daughter as a projector. Projectors are 20% of the population and they're here to share wisdom and insight and help guide and manage the other types. They also need a lot of downtime because they need to use their energy in smaller spurts, but they also make a big impact when they use their energy correctly. And they're here to wait for an invitation. An invitation just means that someone's recognizing them for that wisdom and insight and asking them to share it. The last type is a rare reflector, and that's 1% of the population. They are very, you know, I said rare, and I happened to be at a conference where there were three of them this weekend. It was amazing because reflectors are all open, what we call open in their energy blueprint. They're here to take in and amplify the energy and the health of the community. They're here to reflect back. And so they're really kind of a good barometer for um, what's going on, what's going on around them or in the collective in the in, in the community. So each type is, again, unique. And when you even look at after that first layer, so ge- not all generators are the same, not all manifestors or projectors are the same, but that's a good starting point is this, this category of the type.
0: Yeah. And like you said before, it is just kind of an overarching place to start. There's so many different pieces of your chart. And what I, what did you say? 300 billion different kinds? Three billion,
1: three billion, that,
0: yeah. that number is insane. So all the different combinations, even if you're the same type, it may give you... A jumping off place that you may have some things in common, but you're still going to be extremely different from someone else. And I just met my first reflector a couple of weeks ago. I had, I had not known anybody who was a reflector. Most of the people I know are in the generator family are actually in the coaching world. There's a lot of projectors. So I I feel like I've met a lot of different types, but never reflectors. So I was super excited to meet someone do you think reflectors are generally empaths?
1: So I've get, gotten that question asked before about um, other types who have the open centers, we call it, for in particular, the emotional center. And when I say center, if you are familiar with the chakra system, it's related to those chakras, but there's the emotional solar plexus center. And if that is open, people will often ask me, you know, does that mean I'm an empath? What I usually say is that we all have the ability to be an empath, or we all probably are and may not know it, because we all can sense things about our environment, about people, about also what's going on in you know the planets, because astrology is a big piece of of human design and what's going on in the planets affects our designs. So I think reflectors can definitely be more empathic than others naturally, because they've got completely open centers. All of their nine centers are open, which means they're here to take in and again, amplify or help uh, reflect back the energy. Then the saying goes uh, in the emotional center, I would say for, for, for reflectors as well, be an emotional screen, not a sponge. So sometimes just for us to recognize that we can sense things Um, In different ways, it's heightened, I think, too, sometimes with trauma or life experiences, but that we have to be discerning of what is ours, what is really some emotion or not even feeling, but just sense that is from us versus what we're taking on from around us. So again, they can be reflectors, definitely empathic, but I think other people as well.
0: That makes so much sense to me. And I love what you said, don't be a sponge. Like I think it's for me and so many others, you can just take on other people's stuff. And so it's really great to remember that you have the power to be able to discern what's yours and what's not. And it takes some practice, but it's it's a good thing to start to learn to do because the more you take on other people's energy, the more it's going to just mess with you.
1: And I think it's important too for clearing that energy. Once we go th- you know, through the day, then uh, it's really important to get the rest and restore. We're seeing more and more like that importance, importance of sleep. It's really important to self-care. And part of getting good sleep is also, I think, clearing the energy, anything that you've picked up. And it may maybe even not be always bad energy or negative energy. It could be good energy that you've picked up or energy, again, that's sort of on top of your natural battery. And so sleep is really helpful to release the energy and to kind of feel refreshed and restart in the morning. So, you know, looking from an energy perspective, again, it's not that you pick up negative or bad energy, it's that we're picking up energy period all the time. So releasing it every day and doing maybe some energy clearing. I've heard people say, oh, I love taking showers because showers can be a natural way or a bath with like Epsom salt, going out to walk in nature. There's many different ways, like you clear energy. So you just find what's right for you.
0: Yeah, that's a great reminder. So I know I give you my birth information. And um, so I would love to dive into that selfishly a little bit, but it's not even just selfish. What I really wanting to do is for my listeners to be able to see the types of things that you can tell about somebody from a chart. And so again, if my listeners are interested, they can go to mybodygraph.com. You need your exact birth time, which you can get on your birth certificate, your birth date, which probably you know, and the location, the city, state, country of where you were born. So whenever, wherever you would like to start with my chart, I would love to hear a little bit.
1: Well, I want to start uh, giving maybe people an idea of what a reading, at least my readings look like. And we, when we look at the chart, we always start with the type. We talked about those five types. And then we also go into a little deeper with the type, the specific strategy, which is sort of some guidance for that energy that you naturally have. Um, some guidelines we, we mentioned already, or I mentioned responding for generators The invitation waiting to be recognized and invited is uh, the strategy for um, projectors. And for manifestors, it's actually informing because manifestors can be so independent in their creativity and their initiation that informing others around them is their strategy. And we go into that in a reading with a little bit deeper discussion. We also talk about then the authority, which is the decision making Um, place in the body, which energy center is responsible for helping you with decision making. It's not the head for any of the types. The head is just here to hold information. It's somewhere in the body and it's not dependent on type. It's very specific to now design where you have your intuition or your gut response or feeling the emotions to help you with making decisions. So it's somewhere in the body. And those three pieces I mentioned, type and strategy and authority. Just those three things alone can help you with aligning more to the design that you are. And in human design, we call it the experiment. Experimenting with those three pieces of information is so important. So I tend to spend a lot of time on on those three things. And um, I also, after reading provide some support for people who want to experiment with their design. And it's usually like, how are you making your decisions? What are you doing for self-care to be in the body and also um, to help clear energy? The reading also then starts to cover things like um, the energy centers specifically. So for you, I want to talk about a moment, the emotional um, energy center, because this is also for you, Heather, your authority, What this means in your chart and 50% of the population have emotional authority. It means that you have a natural wave of emotion, highs and lows. And this pattern undulations um, happen throughout the day or through the week. It's very natural for you to have a high and then to come off of that and to feel more low or melancholy. And what's important is that, and this is for 50% of the population That you need to ride that emotional wave before you make a decision. So they say it's you're here to not be spontaneous, but deliberate. Wait 24 hours if you can to decide something. Don't use the head, but use that kind of emotional barometer. Um, Come to some clarity, to a neutral place so that it becomes clear for you in your feelings of what's right Or what do you want to say yes or no to? Does that make sense? And how do you feel about that?
0: Totally. As you're sitting here, I'm like, oh my gosh, because for so much of my life, I wished I was more spontaneous. I'm someone I like to kind of sit on things and wait. And I think we live in a society where we're urged to have an immediate reaction or response to something. And I always felt like, oh my gosh, I need to know the answer right now. Even when it came to hanging out with my friends, you know, I would want to like know in advance and you know, <laughs> things like that and kind of plan. I'm even still, if someone shows up at my door unannounced, it takes me off guard. I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you doing here? So that whole spontaneity thing makes a ton of sense. And I have learned with big decisions, especially to let myself sit with them because I do. I'm like, yes, this is the best thing ever. And then the next day I'm like, oh my God, why did I say yes to that? I really don't want to do it. But at that point I've committed. So that makes so much sense to me.
1: Yeah. And it's really about again, using your energy correctly for you. So if you ignore that emotional wave, you might regret saying yes to something if you're, you know, in the high and you say yes and then realizing over time it wasn't really meant for you to say yes. We have really so much wisdom in this body and that's our connection, right? To source and to our, our our divine sort of guidance. So if you use that emotional energy in that wave, it can really help you in what I say, finding more ease and flow. Things will become more aligned, not only to your design, but like you'll suddenly feel like everything lines up the way that it's, it's better for, for you in particular, um, you'll say yes to things that, you know, are the right thing for you. And so, like you said, society doesn't really support that time to take, to make a decision. So usually with, uh, anyone who has the emotional authority, I prompt them, urge them to let somebody know they'll get back to them, that they may need to sleep on a decision Or just to say, I think, yes, meaning the head, but let me confirm with you in a little bit or tomorrow. And so just giving a little bit of delay and um, giving yourself also, again, permission to take time to make decisions. And then we go through the other energy centers, usually in a reading as well, because each one holds specific qualities and aspects of your energy. What I'll mention is that you having your design four of the centers are defined, what we call, which means you've got sustained energy and five of them for you are open or undefined where you don't have fixed energy or sustained energy. And like we talked about energy clearing. So five of your centers will probably pick up um, energy throughout the day. So it's good for you to um, release that. But those five centers are also Great places to learn lessons and wisdom in life. It's where you start to learn about what are you conditioned to do? What do you need to perhaps decondition? uh, What maybe beliefs did you receive? What questions and thoughts always are in your mind that you really don't need to answer or implement? You're also, you've got the open head and open root. So both of these open centers, we call them our pressure centers and might make you feel like a pressure cooker once in a while. So yeah, anything you want to comment about your open centers?
0: The head actually makes so much sense. I used to be told all the time that I was like the wind and I would just agree with the last person that talked to me. And what I've learned over the years is that's not necessarily a bad thing. I can kind of sway back and forth. But it allows me to see both sides of a story at any given time. And so I've really embraced that. The open root is interesting. I guess I would be interested in learning more about that because I I don't know a lot about the the lower centers too much. So how did how would that affect me in just my everyday life by having an open route?
1: So I said each of the centers have qualities of aspects of energy and the Root center is responsible for our adrenaline and it means you don't have consistent adrenaline. Adrenaline is sort of like the energy of like, oh, I'm going to tackle this list of tasks and, and I'm going to pick three. And really when the adrenaline is there, I feel like I can tackle those three and get them off my list. You're going to have consistent pressure, feeling the pressure, actually the adrenaline from others, but it's not your adrenaline. So what happens is you're, you're sort of riding or mocking this, this, this energy to get things done. And it feels like you have to do it all the time. Like even uh, at the end of the day, you're going to feel like, Oh my gosh, I still have things to do. No, I, I, I can't shut down. And so what happens is that you really need to honor that. You don't have a consistent root pulse. And when you're tired, especially and when you you need a lot of time to rest and restore in general, because you're a manifester, that you have to just put aside that to-do list. And again, uh, we use the word discern, but you you know really need to be mindful of what are you saying yes to. And what happens with the open root centers, the last thing I'll say is oftentimes people delegate to you because you're good at getting things done because you're under pressure. But then that's a that's a that's not a great cycle because you keep getting more and more work. So just, you have to be really mindful of again, using your authority, your decision to say yes to certain things and not to overload your plate.
0: Oh my gosh, that resonates so much. (laughs) I do feel like I have a never ending to-do list at, at the end of the day. And then the first thing the next morning, I've gotten better about it, where I try to give myself some space to meditate and journal and things like that. But sometimes i find that my journaling turns into a to-do list of okay well here's what i need to do today and i do i i haven't been in the corporate world now in a little over a year but i used to get a ton of things delegated to me because i could get shit done you know i could i could do it it exhausted me but i could do it
1: yes exactly and let's just talk about now the define centers for a moment because of the four that you have one of them is called the will center and this is responsible for willpower willpower a little bit different than adrenaline willpower is like endurance it's like going the distance um maybe also feeling like you know routines and consistency are important to you because you've got definition you've got willpower but only one out of eight people have it defined so This is sort of your gift is that you have the ability to stick with something and do it all the way to the end. But being mindful, too, that that willpower will deplete and you need the rest to recharge and to get that willpower back the the tank full again. So um, when you have the open root, but the will center, they sort of are kind of in, in opposite corners and you don't have the sacral center defined as, as a manif- none of the manifestors do. So again, rest and, and recharging is, is again, really important, even for the will center you have defined.
0: That's interesting because I find I do, I get a ton of ideas all the time. I've got new ideas, new ideas, new ideas. My follow through isn't so great. So the fact that it's defined, I should be better about being able to follow something through if I have a defined willpower.
1: Well, if you are not feeling rested, then it, that, that willpower is not really fully there. So it's when you feel rested that you'll feel, you'll feel that um, ability to, Mm. um, it's not just follow through, but to like follow through on promises and agreements that you make. It also means the center is uh, around the heart and about self-worth and sort of this idea that, you know, you can feel worthy and following through with something helps that self-worth also to, to continue. So, and it comes through, it comes through differently too. Um, you know, again, with, based on your lifestyle and your life experiences, each of our centers and aspects of our design, we can experience differently when we do a reading That's why we go through um, each of the layers and talk about it. And then we even dive deeper after the centers. We go into the gates and the channels. Um, We go into something called your incarnation cross and profile. So there's a lot of layers and it's kind of looking at the recipe of how you're built and who you are. Um, There's so much to it. So yeah, anything else that you'd like to know?
0: Can we talk about the incarnation cross really quick? Because I I've looked at mine and I've heard that that's kind of tied to your purpose. Yeah, And I don't, I don't understand enough to know what the connection is between that and what you're here to do and be.
1: Mm, Yeah. So they say the incarnation cross and I, I take a lot of my teachings or that what I've learned from Karen Curry Parker, who is a student of the founder raw, she um, has a book called understanding human design and a new book that I just picked up called the encyclopedia of quantum human design, which actually lists the incarnation crosses. But what she usually describes is the incarnation cross is the theme of the movie that your life is like the, the theme that runs throughout it. Now, whether you that theme is part of your actual uh, career or what you choose to do in life is still up to you, but it's sort of a theme that plays out. Yours is called the Left Angle Cross of Migration. And it, just to be helpful, if you're um, studying human design, the, the cross is based on four what we call gates, and those are... There's a column on the right and left side of your design, and these represent different planets. The ones for incarnation cross are specifically the sun and the earth positions or those gates. The sun gate is about as important as your sun sign. You know, that for me is like Libra for you. um, Virgo.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Virgo.
1: So the sun gate, it's the one listed at the upper right hand corner, if you have a chart and yours is gate 40. And so, you know, we would, for example, in a reading, look up that gate and then talk about maybe the four gates that make up the cross. And then we would look up the the cross itself and to take a look at what it says. It's not not always easy to find um, online. You have to Google it. I'm going to look up this cross that you have and I'll read it to you if you'd like. Yes. So it's again called the left angle cross of migration. And in this book, it says to lead, teach and inspire others to build sustainable and healthy communities and relationship agreements through healing self-worth and alignment around common values. So it's interesting because we talked about self-worth just a moment ago. And you're also here to understand and teach the importance of healthy self-worth as a key ingredient to sustainable relationship agreements and community, to understand and teach the balance between self, self self-care and contribution, to be able to bring sustainable resources to the community by first becoming self-sustaining, and last, creating healthy, sustainable transactions that include mutual respect, dignity, and honor build strong and resilient communities and relationships. And that's, again, from the Encyclopedia of Quantum Human Design. So how does that sound for you?
0: Wow. So that's a lot of self-worth talk and a lot of the word community. So that's fascinating. And I can't wait to dive into that a little bit more because I've always been interested in what that looks like and how that plays out. So that feels really good, what you read. So I'm excited to, to look into that a little bit.
1: Well, I just want to say, I love your handle is I am Heather love or I am love. Is that not part of like what you just read about (laughs) self-worth?
0: Yes, I love it. All right. My last question related to human design, and this is just an overarching question, not specific to me. How do the different design types express self-care or is it different for the different kinds of energy types to express self-care in a different way?
1: So we already touched a little bit when you look at the types, like the non-sacral types need rest. They need to be sure that they're unplugging, maybe getting downtime. That can be true also for some of the other types. Generators need to be using up their energy. And so moving every day is, is really important. And when I also talk about self-care, I always say it is unique to each person because what lights you up for self-care may be different than what lights me up. And I think what's most important, again, is we give ourselves permission to do self-care and to do what feels right for us. For some people, self-care might be, again, connecting to nature, taking downtime, meditating, And the self care that we think of mostly is, you know, how are we treating our bodies, our food that we eat, the sleep we're getting, the exercise? And there's a deeper self care that I want to mention, which is the inner work. This is related to sort of, again, understanding ourselves more of who we are and who we're not, releasing self limiting beliefs or healing from past traumas. So that inner self-care I think is also important and is is unique as well to each person. So I don't have a formula for each type. Um, I always say that you need to really go back to um, your decision-making and listening to that inner wisdom and guidance in the body to help you understand what you need for self-care.
0: Yeah. And like you were saying a little bit earlier about just experimenting and seeing what works for you and what feels good to you. And just because you've been taught a certain way to do something, it may not be what actually feels the best in your body.
1: That's right. For sure.
0: This has been so amazing. I have loved this conversation so much. I would love for you to tell my listeners where they can find you.
1: Great. I can be found on my website ChristyHSullivan.com. and that's k r I s t i h s u l-l- i v a n. I'm also on Facebook. I have a group called Christy's Human Design and Self Care Community. It's also under Facebook.com slash group slash and on Instagram also Christy So you can reach me there. Um, I do monthly webinars on human design and workshops, again, readings. So reach out to me and I would love to connect.
0: Amazing. So before I let you go, I like to ask my guests five rapid fire questions, just so my listeners can get to know you a little bit better. And it doesn't mean you have to answer short answers, just the first thing that comes to your mind. But before I get to those, I wanted to ask you, what is your design type?
1: I am a generator and Sacral Generator, Sacral Authority. And for those who know the profile, I'm four six.
0: Amazing. All right, here we go. First question. What were you doing the last time that you lost track of time?
1: You know, usually I say teaching yoga because uh, that's sort of my creative outlet. I just lose track of like time and I have to look at the clock to make sure that I finish class at the right time.
0: I love that. What is something you are excited about right now?
1: Definitely human design.
0: It's easy to be excited about it. How would your best friend describe you?
1: Fun and adventurous. Um, Sometimes they call me Julie McCoy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the love boat reference.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I love her. What does the world need more of?
1: Mm, Knowing more of who we are, honoring who each of us truly are. That I think is helping us to evolve raise our vibration, and help heal the world by just doing that journey of self-exploration and use human design if you can.
0: Mm, So important. All right, last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self?
1: You don't need to know all the answers. Going back to your first question, you don't have to know all the future things. Life will just turn out great and you're okay.
0: I love that. Yeah. And that's kind of why I do that. I start out, what were you like when you were little? And then now if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what would you say? So that's how I always like to wrap up my interviews, but thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. I think my listeners are going to be really excited to dive more into their own charts. And once you go down that rabbit hole, there's just no coming out. Like, it's just so fun to to learn all the things about yourself. So thank you so much for
1: being here. Thank you, Heather.
0: To say I'm obsessed with all the information that we can learn about ourselves and others just through our human design charts would be an understatement. This is something I really want to start spending more time on, so you may see me integrating it more and more. I hope you find it as interesting as I do. It's so helpful in being able to understand yourself and interacting with others. It has been a real game changer for me here are five key takeaways from today's episode. Number one, your human design doesn't change like other personality tests because it's based on your birth information. Human design can really complement other tests and quizzes to help you discover your energy type, who you are, and who you are not. Number two, there are over 3 billion combinations of a human design chart. With the world population at around 8 billion, it is unlikely that you will ever find someone with your exact chart. You are truly unique, but there are only five different energy types, so you may easily find someone else with your same type. Energy type is the best place to start when you're learning human design. Number three, 30% of the population is meant to take a lot of downtime throughout the day to recharge their batteries. The energy types that make up this population are projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. So if this sounds like you, allow yourself to rest as needed and drop the guilt. You are literally designed to need to recharge often. And if this sounds like you, but you are a generator or a manifesting generator, there is a good chance that you're dealing with burnout in your life. Number four. Burnout can happen for any design type, especially if you are spending too much time doing things you don't love, you're saying yes to too much, or what you are doing is not in alignment with your design. Take some time to look how each area of your life makes you feel and if changes need to be made. Number five, be a screen, not a sponge. Recognize that you can sense things in different ways regardless of your design type it can be heightened with trauma or life experiences. Be discerning of what is yours and what energy belongs to others. You'll be more likely to take on the thoughts and emotions of others in areas where your centers are open or undefined. Thanks so much to Christy for joining us today and my mini human design reading. I never get tired of this stuff. If you'd like to connect with Christy or would like to buy her books, I will link everything for you in the show notes. And if you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would give it a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a magical day. This podcast episode is brought to you by Prompts to Purpose, my free workbook that will help you stop spinning your wheels and start remembering your gifts inside you'll find 25 journal prompts to get you thinking about things in a new way so that you can find your purpose and start living the life of your dreams if you're ready to dive in get on my email list by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my instagram bio and i'll send it over come on in and see what everyone is talking about